This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Zanatari. She's a good aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for 75 years. I'm Dave. My name is Sabreanaya Estalia. You can call me Spray. I'm an agent of the Eladrin High Council. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? <laughs> Beauty's of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Hello, welcome to Death to Fort Dishonor. The cast is currently on break because it is con season, yay! And also there are work obligations. So we've taken the last, I guess, two weeks off. And to give you something to listen to, we had the opportunity, I should say Tinzian had the opportunity because I am away in Florida, uh, to talk to some of our fans uh, that have been really longtime fans and really faithful about communicating with us and uh, being really good about that. So we have for you today an interview with Tinzian, who uh, also Thorn, and Thorn's getting asked a lot of questions um, by Grimordi and Pilaf. Those are their Twitter names. Uh, Lisa and Phil are their regular names. And they've been kind enough to <laughs> to find some scheduling ability to get together with us because they are both uh, across the country internationally as well, and to record and tell us a little bit about you know themselves and ask some questions of Thorn as well. So this is some insight into uh, Daniel's character Thorn, and a little bit of feedback from our fans. I hope you enjoy that. Next week we will have a recap of some of the things that have been happening, and then hopefully, cross our fingers, the hundredth episode will work. Uh, we've had some trouble with Skype lately and being able to stream on Twitch with Skype, something in the new update for Skype has been a problem. We may end up doing it without Cam. So if you do want to hear this live, and it should be a good time, we're going to try that again uh, probably the weekend, next weekend, which is Easter weekend on the Friday. And we will record our 100th episode. So if you want to do that, come on twitchtv.com slash genesee. And that would be 10.30 Eastern time to listen to the 100th episode. So I hope you enjoy this, uh, this insight into Thorne's character. And thank you for listening. Good morning. Hey. Hello. You're just trying to show me up, aren't you? Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that I can't stay up until 3.30 in the morning and you get up at 4.30 in the morning. Well, I have work shortly, so better rock out work for words. Hold on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's like that, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Okay. I have no idea um, if any of this is actually recording or not at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing buttons. Uh, better, better to get up at 4.30 in the morning for work and be tired and hang out with a bunch of people, then go to work and deal with crappy customers for eight hours. <laughs> so there is madness with my methods. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to lie here holding my companion cube. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you guys have any questions for uh, for Thorn? We were just talking about uh, potentially some ideas I might have for the April Fool's Day episode. That's not <laughs> shared out as yet. Yeah, I'm just um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where Thorn's character goes actually, because um, there was a whole Rod of Orcus thing, and he's, he's you're definitely adding more depth into it in this season. Um, so it's just it's just interesting to see where you're going with him. So I guess yeah. the question is: Do you have a plan, or are you are you making up your character's direction as you go along? Um, I definitely do have a plan. Um, Thorn has always been that character that um, has the darker background. Um, right now, uh, the intention is that um, sort of. Uh, as you might have heard in later episodes, that um, she, things she, that she's not caught up to ninety nine, but she's at ninety eight. Okay, yeah. well, um, yeah, it was it was that that close, wasn't it? I don't quite recall myself, but um, as you might hear, that um, some of some of the true nature behind Thorn and and what he does, or, or the purpose behind what he does, is it comes evident, um, and. I mean, most of it is, is not, or the reason why he does things is not so much his own choosing, but um, part of his upbringing. Uh, and it's going to come to a, a point where he's going to have to make a choice. Um, the way that things are going at the moment, it's sort of like he's rebuilding a family. Um one that he hasn't really quite known, like his 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 past family has been um very much uh, absent. Like they they brought him up and and molded him to be who he is, but you know the people that have taken him now, the uh, in this case, the team, you know, Cesar and and Zantari and and um, Sabre, you know, uh, uh, are becoming this this new family. So he's going to have to make a choice at some point. Nice. Um, so uh, it, it's going to. My my plan is getting back to the original question is to is to take him on that that journey and lead him down that that very dark path that you know essentially was part of his background to begin with, and hopefully. Um, you know, it won't be fully reconciled, but you know that'll be the the, the journey that that Thorn takes is to to find his place in the world. Um, at some point. Okay. Interesting. Definitely looking forward to to how this is playing out. Uh, honestly, I, at, at the beginning, when I was listening, especially like first season and parts of the second season, I thought you were just like being crazy and just kind of doing nothing but adding yeah. a bit of humor to, to the whole storytelling in the last last few episodes. It's just mind-blowingly good. Yeah, um, well, while I was still trying to sort out his story, mostly it was just the, the comic relief, which was, um, which I might say comes naturally to me. Um, I'm, I'm very much like I am. I think the, the, the thing is that, um, who I am or who Thorn is, uh, is sort of an alter ego to who I am in, in 
current life and a lot of that sort of bleeds through. So when it's not 4 a.m., <laughs> I'm um, I'm a pretty goofy guy and I, I like to just be really crazy and zany and um, you know that sort of again sort of comes through uh, with Thorn and you know if uh, the world ended up being like D4, like Dungeons and Dragons, and, you know, I was suddenly transformed into Thorn, I think I would retain who I am, you know, be the button-pressing, manacle, wolf dog man that, that, that Thorn is, um, with, with the, the, the darker background, with the, the, the whole, um, slightly more serious side, um, if you ask Tinzian or, or uh, Janice, um, who have known me for six years, I have my days where I'm I am a grouch, and um, and I've uh, there's one point where I actually fell asleep at the beginning of um, recording, and <laughs> and I wasn't exactly no all there, but um, no very much that thorn thorn is uh, my alter ego. Um, and very much reflects me in, in, in real life. Is that something that the rest of the characters do then, do you think? That <sighs> Genesis' alter ego is Xenatarian? I think, I think in a sense, um, Genesis speaks through Xenatari, especially now that she's getting more comfortable playing the class. You know, she's got some of the mechanics down. But now she's exploring the role-playing part of it and feeling mm. that she's in an environment where she can do that. I, I think that there are elements of her that are coming through, especially now that she's found the, the guardian angel um, prototype. Mm-hmm. But a lot of um, what everyone seems to do is, is uh, you know, Thorne will toss something out there, people will react to it. Um, Genesee will toss something out there, people will react to it. And I think it's just all of a sudden everyone finds themselves on a path and it's not 100% them, but it's, I think, speaking, I think the characters are speaking from positions of authority to and strength, I think, as a position of strength. What do you think? Um, I, I definitely think uh, our characters enable us to talk in a way that we normally wouldn't be able to talk to the public, excluding me, because um, that's how I talk all the time. Um, I'm very much like that at work. So, um, and that sort of chalks down to the fact that when I was um, studying, um, one of the big po- uh, one of the big points that um, would be pushed in, in one of my subjects is confidence in, in public speaking. So I could. I can essentially walk up to anybody on the street and start, you know, doing a crazy walk and a crazy dance and, and ask them which way the, the train station is to, I don't know, Dublin or something like that. And they'd look at me with a, with a strange look and, and wonder whether I was crazy or not. Um, but that's essentially because I, I have the ability to not give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> to, to put it, to put it simply. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that the characters enable us to to talk in a in a sense that we don't normally um, that we don't normally get to. 
um, and it gets us, uh, it allows us to express mm, that sort of side of us that doesn't get to see the light of day or, uh, a whole lot, um, which is half the reason why I like to, to play my own Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Um, I'm the dungeon master for my own group here uh, in, in Australia. I play every Wednesday night, and uh, I've got uh, currently three really great players, and they're, they're sort of picking up the whole roleplay thing, and um, I've found that just by observing them, it sort of really brought um, one one girl out of a shell. She doesn't talk quite loudly. She doesn't um, put herself out there um, when we're outside the game. But inside the game, she, like, sets things on fire and... Um, at one point, she nearly killed the cleric, um, and you know that's uh, that's uh, an entirely different side of 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 one of my players who doesn't get to do all that sort of stuff. So I, I definitely think it's a, a enables us to be different people, show a different side of us that we don't get to normally show. Um, and it's sort of like a, a a tap to that, you know, get to to let it flow. I think it's always fun that we've got at least one player that's sort of new to D&D or new to role-playing. Sabre was only supposed to really be an NPC for one, maybe two episodes tops, and um, I know the player is, is going from an environment of, well, I like to follow games, I like to play games, but this whole role-playing thing is kind of new, that you sort of see um, Sabre getting more and more into it every week. Um, that surprises me, actually, because he he does such a good job with that character. Um, I wouldn't have thought he'd, he'd not done D&D before. He, he has... I think he's he's got a degree of background in pencil and paper, but he has, um, for that NPC, he wrote me pages and pages and pages and pages of documentation that he may or may not be sticking to, uh, the creativity aspect that he put forth for it in terms of a a viability to um, display a hunger that he wanted to get in and try some stuff and you know even if it only was a time or two to put himself out there I think was his biggest challenge and now he's just trying to sort of work over the the monotone voice at times. Mm -hmm. trying to express more depth beyond just a I'm characters on the page, which everybody has sort of done at, at one point or the other. It's kind of this staggered approach. So he's in the position right now of he's trying to find his um, his voice and his strengths within. I think he definitely, um, he definitely has a, a, a very good feel for how Sabre acts in... in um, in our campaign, you know, he um, he always constantly is appraising and and shocked when when one of us does something crazy. Mostly myself, because um, I'm the one that presses the buttons. Cause you haven't found uh, a proper minotaur in a while. Yeah, I haven't I haven't hit the the blend button yet. No, no you need to do that again, obviously. Yeah, uh, went around, by the way. The, yeah, <laughs> I know. But I, it's not a party until someone gets blended. So um, I'll have to make that a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, um, the other funny thing is how, how you name stuff. I mean, I, Bert or Fluffy is just crazy. And at the beginning, I thought, oh, no, that's 
how can you how can you call this this light thing bird or or the spider fluffy? It's just crazy. But now over over the story development and what's happening, they really grow on you and and kind of fluffy also got its a real identity in a way. It's really cool to to see how this develops. And now I can even kind of live with the name, but still fluffy spider. I, I, I never I never I never thought fluffy would go anywhere. There's, there's all these things that I introduce, and then somebody takes it. You know, like Daniel will take it and go. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, I guess that's now lore. <laughs> Run with it. Yeah, it's well, really cool that you that you let you get them away with it. I mean, it's well, you had it, it's, it's really cool. The, a huge spider. I mean, it can be useful, and and apparently is over overall. Because you had what Steve the first time? Yeah. Um rescued a, a goblin from from prison um that was in the earlier episodes yeah. and that's where it sort of began yeah. and uh by doing so he's like he comes out you know he's got this goblin name i'm like that's wrong your name is now steve live with this and he's like okay then uh you know obviously he still, still has his own name but you know we'd call him steve because i can't pronounce his name um and that's essentially the way that it worked, is that I find something, I'll attach myself to it, and uh, attempt to build a camaraderie. And I'm I'm actually lucky that Seth lets me get away with a lot of this stuff. Um, I know a lot of other DMs wouldn't, um, or, or, or shouldn't let me do so, because it, couldn't, it can make me overpowered. But, you know, in itself, it kind of, it gives the, the, the things that I give a name personality. Like, if if we didn't call Bert Bert, I don't think we would get the same sort of reaction to to you know things of evil that we, we come up against, you know. If I didn't call Fluffy Fluffy, if I called Fluffy, you know some very long, intricate drow name, it just wouldn't have the same effect. Like it's not so much a comedic a comedic purpose behind it as um very much just a, a very easy way to give something a personality. You know, if I ever tame another creature at some point because something happens to Fluffy, God forbid, because uh, um, I should let you know that the, the day that, that um, Tinsian killed off Fluffy and then had to bring it back was the day that I actually did cry. I shed a few tears for, for Fluffy. And it sounds crazy, I know, because it's just an imaginary spider. Uh, and I hate spiders in real life, but I had grown so attached to, uh, to this this imaginary spider uh, for Thorn, um, because it, it felt like you know having a pet dog. Um, in this case, you know, this is uh, a giant spider that I could love. Well, um, not, not, not to not to embarrass you, but I think the whole fluffy thing that that was one seriously unexpected payday, quote unquote, for. Um, the adventure because we're watching you on video and all of a sudden you just kind of bust out bust out crying we're like whoa um but i it was it was just to to see that level was extremely impressive um, and the fact that you allowed us to keep it within the episode recording itself was kind of testament to to the strengths that you're putting behind these names yeah you know i just the names themselves don't mean a whole lot, but it's it's essentially a way that for Thorn to um, personify a creature, you know. Um, fluffy is fluffy because, you know, it's a very disarming name to, to what what he really is. He's a giant 
giant spider. Um, with armor. That is, you know, with, uh, with armor and consumes pretty much both ally and foe. So the fact that I've managed to contain him this long and, and not have him eat Subray is, um, is, is, is interesting and, uh, sort of testament to the, this, I guess, relationship that he's built. Um, and again, sort of feeds back into his whole backstory that he's going to have to make a choice at some point. And, um, right now he's, uh, his, his fate is actually in the hands of two different gods. Um, who are who are essentially, uh, I guess, fighting for for him to uh, be a champion for them or um, be deeply involved with with their cause. So, um, you know, Fluffy, in a, in a sense, um, in in the long term, is kind of like a victory for one of them. Um, the ability to make that that connection and and not have him. Um, run rampant or wild is, is uh, very much a, a victory in that regard, and it sort of I find that everything that we do sort of then becomes this interconnected uh, web of of leading into to backstories, you know, with the the Red Wizards of Fae and, and whatnot, you know, coming across the Dryders and and the Undead and stuff like that. Because um, I really like Mirror Mirror. I like I like when I get the chance to interact with the players on a one to one every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Fluffy, Fluffy dying, it was sort of that movie moment where there was a change where this abused kind of creature suddenly was kind of like the 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 dog that got into a good home and actually took instead of Thorn always kind of taking this spider gave to Thorn, and I think it, you know since then there's been definitely an impact with how you've been playing Thorn. Mm, yeah, I'd... it's also very useful for for what I, I mean. Aside of the, the emotional part, it's also a very useful like tool to to do stuff that that normally you couldn't do in in the group because of like just physical limitations. I mean, the way when when you were riding the uh, fluffy on the side of that that canyon, that was a really cool thing to to also imagine in in the head, and that wouldn't be possible without without fluffy as as a as a tool that is at your disposal. Yeah, he he definitely lends uh, himself um, as a I guess as a tool that that you wouldn't normally get with just normal horses, or, and I think it's very much part of of who Thorn is, um, like that just that that crazy sort of you know eight legged wall walking dude. How does he does it? How does he do it? You know, oh, he tamed a, a giant spider. Oh, oh, that's something you hear every day. Uh, and, and it makes for a great talking point as well. When, whenever we go into a new city, the challenges that it presents, you know, having to get myself into the city while, you know, channel, uh, pulling along a giant spider, it's not something that you see every day. And I don't think uh, that when we do finally hit a large city of some some point, um, I'm going to be able to take Fluffy inside. And I think uh, with the, well, depending on how we go tonight, or uh, well, not tonight, but... Um, in the next couple of episodes, um, with the the whole collar thing as well, allowing me to shrink Fluffy down. Um, whether that will allow me to then bring along a pet spider, um, or whether they're going to frown on that even more, and then you know guards will jump on it with spears, and we'll have to then make enemies with the guards. Well, it's also kind of I, I've always got an idea, especially with Winterhaven, 
sort of the Godzilla movies of suddenly the giant spider going over the, uh, just going over the wall always kind of creeps me out. But um, I think you brought up a point in terms of power over power, Thorn. And mm-hmm. right now the party is, in terms of a standard campaign, is lacking largely in magic items. But you all have something of, of power or note that I think means more than um, just kind of like a, a bow staff plus two. Mm, yeah, well, I think, um, you know, in, in any campaign we would have a lot more armor and magic items, but we've all got that that special something that, that makes us or who who we are i think we've got those magic items that we that we find occasionally and i think it creates a bit more challenge as well because we don't have those those special bonuses to hit and to miss and and things like that and uh the fact that you know i've got got fluffy there who is not only a companion but a uh a combatant as well sort of to to assist me you know whether it's to pin down an ally or eat them or um, you know, stick them up in web for me to shoot you know whatever whatever that he he does in that time uh, at that time and I usually leave that up to um, Seth you know um, how fluffy interacts with with the the other creatures I, I don't exactly control fluffy fluffy is a an ally um, so more um, so a, a wild friend than a pet so um, to to have his own personality and and life and 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 choose what he wants to do in regards to um, being a predator uh, and I think that's something that you'll come across is uh, that he is a predator he he reverts back to uh, a nature that the drow have taught him to to hunt and to to kill in in tunnels and stuff like that um, and that's essentially uh, I think what what uh, Tinzian picks up on is is that he is uh, a predator creature at, at heart, um, and that makes up for all the, the the magic items that we might have missed out on in in previous adventures. Um, the same way that um, Xanatari has Bert in order to detect magic and and um, evil and, and whatnot, and her bastion of clarity. And you know, we've got all our other abilities. We've got Damn so many other abilities. Clarity. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I can only imagine that's like a pain in the butt for you. <laughs> you know, nothing slips past an Atari. And then you've got Cesar and he's, he's now his, his clockwork army. Um, and Sabre, who uh, is essentially a... a uh, what, was it, what was it? A sword mage? Um, and just a, a spell mistress. Like yeah, the shadow dancer. And you know, with, with her... Um, Ability to ability to to uh, wield a sword and magic at the same time, um, you know, it makes up for we've got so many abilities with, you know within within the party that we don't need to um, have that the, those magic items to enhance us because we're already quite enhanced as is, and I think we have a really good balance too. Is that between Zenatari and you know going through the gradients to myself, I have little to no magical knowledge. You'll notice that uh, when we play, that I don't make any arcana checks because my uh, my skill in arcana is so poor and, and Thorn as a character would have no innate sense for, for magic. Um, but he makes a lot of 
you know, nature checks and uh, thievery checks and stuff. He, he's very much um, someone who uses his hands more so than someone who uses the arcane arts. Whereas Xanatara uses them sometimes, but you'll find he uses um, like a mix between the arcane and the strength stuff. And then Cesar himself uses more intellect-based. And then you get to Sabre, who is mostly intellect-based. So we have a, a really good gradient there um, of, of skills. Oh, you Which definitely need with... more fireballs. I really think you should have more fireballs. Definitely more fireballs, yes. So, so more, <laughs> more fireballs pointed at the party? Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, the other way around. But the other, okay, it doesn't matter. In the end, it doesn't matter. More fireballs. <laughs> more, more fireballs. Well, maybe if, if Seth allows me, I'll find a brew or something. Maybe, I don't know, maybe one of the um, potions that Zenitari is holding we can feed to Fluffy and it can spit fiery acid. That, that's the fun part is is that um, you know Bert was supposed to be one thing. Bert's grown up. There's there's always potential for uh, suddenly um, a fire spewing spider at some point in time. <laughs> that, that's just what we need. I think Sabray would just be like, "Yeah, uh, I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I, I think it's going to be more if um, you feed something to. Um, the fluffy, or if you find that fluffy's intelligence is a lot higher than you think it is, um, you know, and it's only been in shock. But if it actually knows how to communicate, I think, well, that, I think at that point, uh, Sabri is definitely going to pack up and, and head out. Well, I am attempting to communicate with um, with fluffy. You know, I use the the series of whistles and clicks to, I guess, communicate in its own language. Right, uh, but if, it, if, it right. Su- if it suddenly busted out, you know, with the proper English tea time talk, you know, that yeah, would... did, did the whole Harry Potter thing. Yes. I'd be like, yep, yeah, well, I've taught you well. <laughs> Any <sighs> other questions? I've got a quick question. What's your favorite moment out of either season one or season two? Favorite moment? <sighs> mirror, mirror. Yeah, mirror, um... Mirror, 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 or if the Christmas episode had happened according to my brain. I still think it's an absolutely phenomenal episode. Um, I'm just sad that I didn't get to be part of the Christmas episodes. Um, at that point in time, as um, I have a, I had a new job, so I had to work um, Christmas, and I was I'm working in retail, so that didn't leave a whole lot of time for me to be home. Yeah, um, makes sense. Recording. And that made me really upset because I, I, uh, a lot like when we tried to, um, record, you no know, other episodes and we get those really big technical difficulties, which then, um, make sure that we don't get to record, um, you know, like, like Tinsy. And I get very, very upset that we don't get to do it because, uh, you know, I, that, that is essentially my entire Saturday. And if I don't record, uh, I, I'm actually quite lost as to what to do. I don't know what, to, I can't, I don't, it's, it's too late in the day for me to go out. It's um you know I've I've spent the morning doing you know, laundry or or cooking or something like that and you know by two o'clock or uh, this I think at this point in time it's now one one p.m. I'm like oh, what? I don't really feel like watching TV it's mostly just cooking shows and crap so um I like to record um that's that's my whole point is that. <laughs> Most of season two has been uh, essentially to me like one giant favorite episode. You know, everything that we get to do, um, is, is awesome. But if I had to pick one, I would say, um, 
probably the one with the mind flayer. I don't quite remember. I like that. I like that. It, it sounds cliche, but I like all of them. I just, I even get to sit in sort of the passenger seat and enjoy this movie. But I loved uh, the mind flayer. I like the whole Minotaur City. The sometimes yes, it does take two episodes to move five feet across a field, but. <laughs> I think I, looking back, I can find something in every episode without a doubt, at least two or three things that I really like about it. Um, I've got standouts in my head, but they're not the exclusive favorites of um, me that overshadow anything else that's been done. Okay. To, to me, yeah, I've got a couple of standouts. Like, for example, um, obviously the whole episode with, with Bert... Um, and sorry, not but Fluffy and and uh, Fluffy dying and and then being resurrected and sort of then taking out half a city block in order to resurrect him um, <laughs> was was one of my favourites by far. But um, other there are other episodes like when we come across the on our way to the Seven Pillar Hall, um, coming across that dead giant um, and trying to to loot the ring off his dead finger. Only to knock myself out on a toenail, um, and then have Caesar replace it with his own ring, and then Zanatari and, and Caesar keep you that secret of, of switching rings, and um, I still don't know about that. Um, I, just, I I love it that the party just is, is willing to f with each other just a little bit. Yeah, it uh, sort of means that we're becoming this, I guess, in in terms of family. Um, and I like, I like that we have that camaraderie now. Um, it's, it's something that sort of didn't quite exist in the beginning in, in season one. Um, you know, there were, there were times when that happened with the Geekbits, uh, guys. Um, uh, there are times where I was playing with the Geek, uh, Geekbits guys as well, you know, that, that stand out in my mind. The, uh, when we were in the, the corridors and we were trying to make our way through to the, um, portal with the rod of orcas and all that sort of stuff. Um, and there are just undead everywhere and there are traps and, and the whole thing and, and, you know, opening doors and, and then firing flaming arrows into the back of people's heads and all that sort of stuff. You know, all those are, are just favorite episodes and favorite memories that I have from, from the podcast. Yeah, for me, for me, I really liked uh, to see how the overall story is going to develop, as well as seeing how how the, the the interactions in the individual episodes is going on. But for me, now seeing you after the the second season started, seeing you actually doing a whole overall story, it's I'm really excited to see where it's going on. If you can manage to kind of do something in that direction. Yeah, the the first season was largely an experiment where I think we were only expecting it to last maybe. Oh, there's no. Um, about six episodes. And the point was taking all these people who had never played D&D, really, and getting them introduced to it. So we were kind of following the module tightly with some degree of modifications, like the whole zombie field and, and things like that. But it was, uh, it's been a lot more interesting, especially as, the players have been coming forward and being like, hey, I want to do this, I want to do that, can I, you know, get some time? And I'm kind of like, you guys can just do pretty much whatever you are looking to do. That's the whole point of it. It's not just necessarily me leading the, you know, going by the hand down the corridor. That's where you're starting to see a lot of the um, 
interactions and re reactions for me and the cast of the last season too, so I'm glad you like it. And I have to say, the, the last two episodes were just absolutely mind-blowing for me. Oh. I, I, I would never have expected something like that to, 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 to get something like this just just as a podcast over the internet. It's just amazing. Okay, I have to say, I'm an episode behind. Don't spoil it for me. No, no, don't. <laughs> you, you did get to at least uh, episode uh, 99? I'm at 98 yeah, at the moment. Okay. And I, I listened to 99 yesterday and this morning so that I'm prepared, so to Good. speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if what's in mind for 100 uh, actually happens, and we actually were able to record it, then I'm going to uh, have to safely say that I might be able to blow your mind. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I have to know: is this was was what's going on in eight, 98 and 99? Was that prepared, or is this just like happening? Just happening. I think I think the I think the only thing that was prepared was, um, and this isn't a spoiler to you, Lisa, because you're actually at that episode. Is um, mm-hmm. they had uh, the task to get that thing for Lol- ceremony for Loth, yep, um, set up, and that's the only thing that they had pre-planned. And apparently, they threw largely threw that out the window about five minutes before recording and winged it. In large part. <laughs> It's absolutely amazing. It yeah. was so good. <laughs> right, I shall be making an effort to catch up on that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of fun because you know um, Eric, who plays Cesar, has been always kind of out there. Just hey, I'm going to I'm going to play it and just wing it and you know have fun with the character. And everyone's kind of looking at him like, we really want to do that. We really want to do that. And my question, you know, my question to them is, well, why don't you? Well, well, I'm like, there's no well, you know, throw it out there. If it fails, it fails. If it succeeds, then, you know, whatever, as long as you're having yeah. fun with it. I mean, it's really hard to, to come up with something just on the spot. I, I think I personally, I, I would never be able, but maybe after some training, but I, right, right now, I could never do something like that. Yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm a Mason and also part of Eastern Star, and we've got a lot of stuff that uh, we have to memorize for our meetings. I'm horrible at that, but as far as spontaneous speeches and things of that nature, I just, I'm, I feel that's my strong point. So doing this podcast like that is, you know, plays to my strength versus, oh, I have to remember this and remember that and remember this. So it's fun. You know, they've got to keep, they've got to manage to keep me awake half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've noticed that. So how did you guys get into actually D&D? Have you have you played pencil and paper, or you, did you just kind of troll the internet looking for podcasts and, and run into a D and D podcast and go, oh? Uh, well, personally, I was following Genesis Gray Area podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into that because she did an interview with Anna Sig from the DDO podcast, mm-hmm. DDO Online. Mm-hmm. Um, followed it back to Genesis, then from the Gray Area, I found out about the Defty Four. Um, started listening to that. As you know, I'm an avid DDO online player mm-hmm. um, and actually listening to the Defty 4 Dishonor podcast has, has got me and, and my guildies actually playing D&D pen and paper style now Good. Um, so it's your fault <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys playing 4th edition or? yeah we, we, we did want to go back to the 3.5 but it seems to be quite difficult to get hold of some of the books um, so we decided to go 
quick and easy for the fourth edition. We've, I'm actually, I'm actually doing the DMing, which is mm-hmm. quite scary. And, um, we are running the Shadowfell campaign at the moment. Are, are you completely munging the, uh, rules like I do? No, <laughs> not quite, no. Um, I haven't quite gone off on the time tower, um, traveling through time and all that sort of thing as yet. So yeah. we're just, we're just using it as a way of getting used to it and getting familiar with the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am working on a second campaign that will hopefully tie into the first one, but will be my own campaign. Well, I, I hope I hope you're not disappointed with the Keep of the Shadowfell because a lot of what I had in there was was my own stuff. But it's a very I it's a tell. very it's a very rewarding um, way to start in that fourth edition. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we needed really something straightforward that we could follow and, and like I say, just get used to things. Um, but we'll just we'll just take it to the next level once we finish this campaign, hopefully. So if you're looking for the something closer to the third three point five version. Mm-hmm. Um, Pathfinder. Yeah, uh, we've heard that as well. We are thinking of possibly trying that next time around. We're thinking of converting to Pathfinder for the um, for the next season. But right. In reality, how much I munge up the rules and for the sake of the story and stuff, it probably yeah. won't matter a hill of beans. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Phil? Yeah, I'm I'm not at all a, a D&D player, to be honest. I um, came to you guys via super, the Super Number One podcast. Uh, Kevin was talking about you guys, and I thought, hmm, that sounds interesting. Why not? Uh, and then I started listening. I was like the first or second episode uh, of the second season, and it was just so extremely good that I thought, okay, let's suspend all other podcast listening activities and go through all of the episodes. Then I caught up in like a week or so, and since then I'm just really hooked. So for me, it's, uh, I personally, I, I just, I, I know nobody that I, that I could really try to, to do this for real. So for me, it's for now, it's just like a, a listening experience. Cool. Yeah. We miss Kevin. He was a yeah. very, very fun character and, and player and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's got his real life reasons for it and we don't begrudge him, but definitely there was a lot more that could have been done with him and the fact that we haven't you know, technically killed him off yet. Um, you know, his fate is unknown at this point in time, that if he ever wanted to come back, you know, probably be able to find a way for it. Yeah. But for now, he, he, use, he serves as a plot device and all those kind of things. Right. Um, for example, the, the poem he made about the draw in the beginning oh, of the, the second season was so good. That cool. was, really that was cool. awesome. Yeah, that was really good. I think that one was another five minutes before the episode started. He was scribbling stuff down kind of thing. He did, he did a lot of, uh, spontaneity things. I think, yeah. I think he fed a lot off of Eric as well. But, but that, that's some really good stuff. And then, um, the Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was that was really good with that. I'll, I'll give I'll give you a uh, a, a sneak peek um, for the April Fool's episode. I have an idea of something to do, and uh, it may or may not blow the Christmas episode out of the cool. Very nice way. Yeah, I don't I don't see this I don't see this particular cast changing for quite a while. Mm, we should be careful about saying that because we're doing the same thing about Mithrin. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, uh, unfortunately, Mithrin had to depart, and I we we all had a really good um, 
camaraderie with Mithrin. Um, he was a really, really great player. Um, just the whole background to to his character was very intriguing, and I I, I felt like I had this uh, I guess this brotherhood with Mithrin that you know I could end up just he would <laughs> he would buy me a pitcher of ale and that would essentially shut me up for the night, and I was okay with that. Um, yeah, actually, that episode with you and and Mithrin at the very beginning of season two, where he kind of carried you uh, after after giving you that picture of beer, that was what totally sold me on 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 your podcast. That was just so so good, and you could really imagine this so well. So that for me, that was the the moment where I I knew, okay, this is this is going to be the the first of the podcasts in my my list of casts that I'm listening through every week because that was so so well done. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing more stuff like this too. Uh, I I I must admit to you that um, at at that time uh, I still didn't know a whole lot about um, D and D and and role playing. Um, I've learned a lot of stuff by doing um, D4. Um, Tinsian has taught me well, uh, amazingly well, uh, and it's only by you know, going through his prompts and and then picking up D and D by myself, uh, and, and playing by myself. Have I learned a lot of stuff in regards to role play? Um, now that I look back, I, I was subconsciously channeling uh, an old Jackie Chan movie uh, in that in that portion of the the podcast. Or that's that episode, at least anyway, um, because it was that was the same time where I sort of staggered out and. You know, got support on the street, and and then sort of you know drunkenly pointed at a minotaur and, and sort of insulted him, um, or or attempted to to barter with him, um, while off my face. So, uh, just the fact that that Mithrin then sort of you know helped me get to that point, you know, it, you know, it, it sort of solidified this this new pact with with uh, an ally, and uh, it, it was a shame to see him. Uh, go later in, in season two. You know, we we all really enjoyed his um, his on the spot poems and and he he really brought life to his character. And I I guess that was again a, a growing point for all of us as characters is that we sort of saw how he interacted with Mithrin and then we sort of picked up on that. We we all took our cues from that. I think so. as far as uh, favorite episode with him was the Cosboid one where he came walking around the the uh, corner of the jail, saw the giant fairy-fired uh, spider clinging to the side of the building and kind of turned around and freaked. I think that that episode is one of the... Yeah, the one with that. Jerry... The, the one with Jerry Snook that followed that where he had his um, subconsciousness um, take oh, on its crazy own... Moment take on his own own voice and and Jerry is a, a, a great guy um I was lucky enough to talk with him afterwards we've had lunch um, with him and uh, a couple of the others that was that was fun now you you're supposed to um beat them around the head and find it a better job for me <laughs> well you know leading, leading on to that uh as as far as backgrounds um Lisa do you want to say anything about your background at all or uh, about you? I'm a computer programmer, uh, .NET developer for a small software house in the UK. Uh, I've been doing that for about 15, 20 years now. I'm not going to admit how old I am, though. 
It's all right. Um, don't do game development, unfortunately. It's um, it's like company software, whatever we're employed to build. Um, so. And then, uh, Phil, you own your own company, correct? In uh, Switzerland. Yes, uh, I I founded a company that was even back in school with a with a guy I knew from school, and since then I'm also a programmer. I'm I'm doing development work. Uh, Lots of stuff. Basically, we, we have one one big product developing. It's also kind of a bit of an enterprisey thing, but uh, it's still a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it's just great. Well, you, you you need to turn over to be a game company. Hire uh, Thorn Me. and Lisa, <laughs> yeah. and I'll take care of all your network stuff. Yeah, sure. Then, and uh, I, can unfortunately, do that's service. yeah, that's that's really hard, I guess, because. Um, being, I mean, a huge part of, of game development isn't really just the development, I guess, but also, I mean, when, when you look at, for example, the, the success that Minecraft had, that wasn't as much about development. It definitely wasn't when I read some comments that, that Notch posted what he was doing. I mean, it's crazy, but it's, it's a lot of game design and, and, and doing, doing something that, that people actually want to play. And I guess that's, that's where I personally will totally fall short. That's definitely not, not something that I even understand, honestly. See, that's, that's why you would hire me because I have a formal degree in game design. I did a condensed course of two years. It's a, usually a four-year course over here. I did a two-year course um, coming in the top 10 of 20 students that, that um, graduated out of 150. So, um, cool. I can, yeah, I can definitely design a game. I've been trying to do so for the last two years um, with not much success because I don't have a lot of people working with me. Um, my roommates currently were supposed to also be my, um, well, is my current manager and also um, co-worker slash programmer for my game. And things are just moving slowly because he doesn't do a lot of programming. But I'll be uh, watching your stream, Phil, um, your Twitter stream, and there's there's portions of it I understand. There's other portions and I'm like, you go, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, it depends. It's just that that's the cool thing. I mean, we're a really small company, and then then everybody has to do a lot of stuff. So uh, I'm the guy who has to like fix fix machines if there is problems. I'm the guy who has to to write the software. I'm I'm doing it. I mean, we have the server side parts. Then we have some more client side parts, and it's 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 everything. And and it's just about about doing everything. And so, understandably, I I have to be kind of a jack of all trades and and like. Do stuff wherever wherever it's needed. Well, we're coming up on about an hour, and I just wanted to take this again, this opportunity to finally get in touch with you guys. We've been um, trying to for a while, and I really appreciate your time and also your participation with the projects, uh, both the gray area and Death Four. And if people wanted to contact you or friend you on Twitter or uh, otherwise, how could they go about doing that? Well, I'm uh, Pilif on Twitter. That's Philip Reverse, and with an F instead of a PH, so it's very easy to remember. Um, I'm I'm uh, always always happy to to get to know more people. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in in programming or programming related topics, then I guess my Twitter stream could be of interest to you. Uh, I am Grimod on Twitter. Um, I do actually have a protected account, but that doesn't mean I won't accept you if you ask 
to follow me. Any closing comments? And uh, since Anatari is not here, I can't ask her to take us out, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just like to say thank you for the two seasons so far. They've been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed listening to them. And you better keep going. <laughs> we're, actually on, we're actually on season three. We just haven't changed the module name because uh, uh, we're still technically under the title, but we're just so far off the module. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Um, I would just like to say thank you for your continued participation. Um, it's actually really nice to know that um, the podcast goes out to people that really enjoy it. Um, I try and push it to my friends and, and my, get my friends listening, not for my sake, but for the fact that they have a, a podcast to enjoy. Um, and the fact that I know that there are people out there that I have no affiliation with that listen to the podcast and enjoy the story that we get to tell. Um, it, it's quite kind of the payoff, you know, for, for everything is, you know, that we get the, the small amount of recognition that, that we don't really seek, but like to know that it is there. Um, so yeah, the fact that you guys are, are consistently listening and, and, and no, just download the podcast and, and all that sort of stuff. is uh, just great to know that you guys do that. So uh, thank you uh, very much for, for doing that. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll name a creature after you guys. Because <laughs> we, 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 we have an absolutely massive amount of uh, downloads per month. I won't give the, the figure out in the air, but um, you two definitely spear point are the, uh, the, the tip of the iceberg, um, that floats under the water, but it's really nice to hear feedback back from, um, both of you. And some days it makes the, hmm, was that a good episode or not? Um, confirm it that it was actually worth everyone's time to have made. So I do appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for doing this. I mean, it's, it's really, really amazing i mean like only only 10 years ago something like this would have been completely inconceivable and and right now with all this this talk about piracy and and all that crap and 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 stuff getting closed down and and what do i know and then you guys you guys are just there providing the, the some of the best entertainment that that i could ever seek every week and you're just providing it for free and so that's oh. really cool, and thanks trust, a lot. Trust guys. me, we we wish we wish we could make some money off of it, but <laughs> um, for what we do, we do. Hey, you need to do some t-shirts or mugs, you know. We were actually uh, looking at hockey jerseys at one point in time. Yeah, that would be cool. I would buy I would buy t-shirts or mugs. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think I think as soon as Thorn can uh, can come up with some sort of catchphrase. Um, <laughs> probably in regards to Fluffy, uh, I might try and design a few t-shirts and see whether we can get some made up and... I, I, I did, I did, uh, cut up, uh, use some scraps from, uh, one of Genesis projects and did a, a fur-lined blender, but I don't think it would have taken off the <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly sure if you go back through all the episodes, there's got to be some classic lines that you could pull out just, just, you know, just to put on t-shirts, so... Oh, and by the yeah. way, a shout, a shout out to Rabbit uh, for doing. He's also one that um, does a lot of interaction with us. And yes, got definitely. Recap coming up. Alrighty. So, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. Next week, we will have the recap, uh, which you can expect, and then followed by the hundredth episode. I hope you will find us on Twitter at DeathD4. And we love to hear your feedback. You got to hear two of our fans today and their opinions on the show. We would love to hear yours as well. So tweet us at DeathD4, or you can find us uh, at, 
on iTunes where our podcast lives. Give us commentary there or rate the show. Also, if you do love listening to this, you can contribute to the show and the upkeep of the website, basically, by going to deathbeforedishonor.com where there are buttons to the right. You can choose an amount uh, that you feel comfortable with or pick from buttons there. We do love that as well. Um, So thank you for all of that and uh, the support of the show that you do show. So uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully we will see you next week with the recap episode and then our hundredth. So find the hundredth episode the weekend of Easter, which is uh, not this coming Friday, but the 31st, the weekend of the 31st, Friday at 1030 Eastern time on twitchtv.com slash Genesee. See you there. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?